seconds. Two seconds. Riddell all the way outside to Watford. Three on the way. Oh! And one in! And one in! And then the other way for the ball game! On today's Hoosier Experience, we talk to Nick Baumgart over at Bomb Hoops. About the IU basketball season that starts on Wednesday, it is a long, long, longest episode I've ever done by, by a good margin here. Um, so listen to a little bit, listen to all of it, do whatever you need to do. But it is a long episode, uh, almost two hours, where we just talk IU basketball, the season, COVID, recruiting. Uh, we get into a bunch of different topics with Nick uh, as we're both kind of ramblers. So that's why this went on a little long. But Hope you enjoy. It's just a overall IU basketball season preview. It's an exciting season. Uh, I know football is taking up a lot of the shine right now at IU, but uh, basketball's back. They're going to be pretty good. And I will, I'm not exactly sure how I want to do the basketball coverage yet, whether I'll have, you know, one episode a week where I cover sort of the games that happen that week. And then maybe once football's over, do a game by game kind of thing, or maybe I'll just do a game by game kind of thing regardless. Um, but you know, those are probably going to be pretty short if I do end up doing one for every single game. So we will see. Uh, I will obviously keep everyone updated. Thanks for listening as always. Here's Nick Baumgart over at bombhoops.com on the IU basketball season. Welcome to another episode of the Hoosier Experience podcast. My name is Aiden Kunst and today I am joined by Nick Baumgart over at bombhoops.com, and we are going to preview the IU basketball season, which starts on the 25th. Nick, how are you doing? Uh, happy to have you on the show once again. Hey, man. I'm always glad to come on and talk, and uh, I'm doing well. Things are good. I'm, I'm a little, you know, a little anxious, a little nervous at this point. <clears throat> Seasons, you know, until we see the, the ball go up on uh, next Wednesday, I guess. Yeah. Until then, I'm a little, little worried, you know. But right. um, you know, I live for this kind of stuff, so I'm, I'm, love to join you, love to talk about it. I just hope we get to see it. Yeah, for sure. And and I know you're probably feeling some of that same angst with the high school stuff that I think is starting yeah, even more so. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what scrimmages are this Saturday, I think. So. Well, yeah, they start I think this Thursday, really. And you know, the thing from that standpoint is, you know do I think that there will eventually be some kind of NCAA tournament? I do just because the money that, that is involved at the high school level, not so much. So I mean, I mm-hmm. think that's kind of always the concern is that, you know, financially <clears throat> it just doesn't make sense, you know, uh, if it ever does in, in a pandemic to play this kind of stuff, you know, it doesn't make sense if you're not making money, if you don't have that corporate backing. So. Right. And, and, you know, you and I have talked about just the importance of, uh, in, in all respects, the importance of letting, you know, these kids, especially the seniors, get to play. And uh, we'll see how it goes with, with the high school side. With the college side, it's uh, been kind of a mess. Uh, there's kind of been a lot of scheduling turnover, and that's happened with Indiana as well. We're just going to kind of talk about it from the standpoint of, hey, this is going to go on as planned. Will that be the case? Most likely not, based on, you know, every other sport and the sort of adjustments that they've had to make. But as of right now, Tennessee Tech will visit Bloomington on November 25th, and that will be the season opener for IU basketball. Um, Just to start kind of looking back at last year's team, which obviously 20 and 12, 
didn't make the tournament because there wasn't a tournament probably would have, but they were definitely on the bubble. Um, you know, Ken Palm had them at 34. The net had them at 56. This was a, a solid team, but not one that was super exciting. Um, and, and I think where, where do you stand in terms of whether, how, how do you compare this year's team? And of course we haven't seen them. This is just a preview to last year's team. And what are your expectations? Do you think they will be better, worse, similar? Well, I'm bullish on, on Indiana. You know, I think that there's, there's reasons to be excited. Number one, you know, I, I know Christian Lander comes in with a lot of excitement and, and nobody has watched Christian Lander play really as much as I have as far as, you know, an outsider uh, perspective, being, you know, from this part of the area. Um, you know, I've watched his high school career. I've watched him in open gyms. I've just, I've watched him in a lot of settings. So there's nobody that, that wants Christian Lander to do well more than, than me. And we'll get to that, that down the road. But, but I think, the real focus here should be on on the backcourt that Indiana has with Rob Finnessy and Al Durham. I mean, I think that, that if there was anything that that kind of brought Trace Jackson Davis down last year was was that he just didn't have a lot of help uh, in certain settings for cards. And I see uh, you know, that shouldn't be a problem, whether that is, you know, that backcourt or, you know, Indiana brought in three really good guards and they didn't bring them in to sit. And, you know, Archie Miller recognizes that he's going to play more. He's going to need to play uh, three guards more. And so I think you're going to see, you know, you're going to see that added to, to the mix. And um, so, you know, to me, there, there's a lot of, of reasons that you should, you know, so the offense is going to change. The offense needs to change, you know, in Archie Miller's time in Bloomington, you know, his, as far as Ken Palm goes, the Ken Palm record's gotten better. The wins have gotten better. Uh, defense has improved, you know, it's the offense has just kind of dragged it down. And I think mm -hmm. it's hurt in a lot of places. And so to me, I mean, I'm bullish on Indiana. You know, it's, it's all eyes are on the offense. I think the defense is going to be just fine. It's going to be really good. I don't think that the, ca the casual fan, college basketball fan, truly appreciates experience. You know, I think that in our lives, we can relate that to anything that we've done in our life. You know, when you did this the first time, um, you know, it, you weren't as good as you are now. And you can just magnify that as in something like, you know, basketball, where, you know, really, these guys are still really young, still learning the game. And so I think experience and being older is going to be really, really big for, for the backcourt uh, of Indiana. So, um, you know, from that standpoint, you know, Trace Jack Davis is going to be great. How does Indiana attack? Is it, is it is it more trace at the five? And, you know, so we'll see. But but I think you know all eyes are on the offense. You know, what kind of tempo? What kind of ball movement? I don't think last year's team bought in. You mm -hmm. know, I think there was a, there was a buy-in problem. You know, and and I know Devonte Green sent the, that happy birthday. I think it was a happy his birthday maybe. I, I and I think Archie Miller sent the tweet out where they're kind of like arguing with each other on the court and, and you know, it got laughs and everybody kind of, but to me, it, it was kind of like too soon. Like that, come on. It kind right. of, kind of right. you know, had having followed that beat, it was, there was a, a lot of, there was some tense, you know, interactions and stuff between those two. So I don't think that, that, you know, when, when, our, when Devonte Green was knocking down threes, like Indiana was a lot of fun, you know, and they were, yeah. but when, when it, things weren't going great, 
Yeah. And it was, it was a, it was a kind of, uh, there were some tense press conferences. Yeah. And I think, you know, we're looking for more consistency and I think the experience point is a good one because yeah, when you look at the team, a lot of the starters are still intact. A lot of the pieces are still intact, but you're banking on Durham and Finnessy getting better, right? I mean, you hope that those guys can become more consistent and, and just ultimately be better players. Finnessy particular kind of struggled off of that, you know, great uh, freshman year that he had, or at least promising freshman year. And I remember you doing a, I watched like a, a breakdown you put on, I think it was on YouTube where, you know, just kind of looking at him as a, oh, it's a catch and shoot shooter and, and just kind of breaking down his three point attempts which is interesting because I think he can really improve in that regard. And we'll get to kind of specific players a little down the road. So I want to start with the lineups, the rotation, you know, where do you, what do you think is going to be the starting five? And then with the bench, it seems to me like it would be one of the guards if they're not doing three guards, or it would just be Hunter Thompson Franklin. And then, you know, Galloway has gotten a little bit of buzz as far as, that people think he's going to get playing time. So where do you think is kind of the starting lineup? And do you think this is a nine-man rotation? Do you think it's going to be an eight-man rotation? Maybe that evolves going through the year. But what do we think is going to be the opening night lineup there? Well, that's another great storyline. Uh, you know, to me, um, you know, I, I keep hearing Trey Galloway's, you know, he's, he's really, really – He's an elite competitor. So yeah. in these situations like this where you have a lot of players that are marginal, marginally, you know, better than an, uh, someone else, like at this point, you know, with like between like say him and Armand Franklin, you know, perhaps, or, or even like, uh, I don't know, Jerome Hunter, if you're considering Jerome Hunter for the a wing spot, but mm-hmm. you know, he's just an elite competitor. So, you know, I would pencil him in alongside uh, the backcourt of Finnessy and, and Durham. Uh, you never want, you know, people say, well, I, I think Christian Lanner is going to start. Christian Lanner is not going to start. You don't want to have to rely, even on a five-star point guard. You don't want to, I don't say ever. But Depending on the player. And this player is not quite up to speed. It's, and it's okay. That's why. Yeah. It's, it's, and, and we'll get to that. But, but that's, that's my backcourt right there. I love that. I mean, it's just. And, and here's why, because here now I bring in Norman at this, uh, as my sixth man. And I think he can do a lot of things. He can, he can run the point. He can play the two. He can play the three. I mean, he can play one through three. He can guard one through three. He's just so versatile. At that point, it gives me a lot of options. And I trust him. I trust mm-hmm. him at the point. You know what I'm saying? Like, versus yeah. bringing Galloway in, and it kind of limits you to the, to the two or the three. And then you got to make another substitution real quick to get – Fantasy, whatever, you know, it just kind of gives you a little more options there out of the gate. So that's how I would roll there. Um, you know, I would preferably probably uh, something like race and trace. I would like that too. I think they'll probably start Brunk though. And I do. I think so. I think so too. But you asked me my start runner, right? And so right. that's right. I, I, I didn't know. I didn't know what you meant there. So, uh, but yeah, I would say Brunk will probably start, but like we all saw, just how good Indiana was when, when the middle was open. I mean, Archie Miller's talked about that already, uh, you know, this preseason and his comments and, and things like that. So, I mean, not, it's not like it's all some kind of revelation. We all saw it last year. So I don't think it's something that is, is too far of a stretch to have to go from, you know, Brunk. I mean, I guess that's, that's comfortable. And, and you know, he's a fifth year senior and, and he's definitely, the, I mean, I love Joey Brunk. 
but you know, do you want Trace Jackson Davis really taking a lot of like 17, 18 footers this year? I don't. Yeah, um, I don't either. <laughs> you know, like, well, I people say, well, his, I, you know, he's going to show more range this year. Well, I mean, he didn't shoot a three last year. Do you really think he's going to go from zero to, 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 I mean, maybe he, he had a great freshman year, right? But I just don't think taking away your best offensive rebounder and, and people don't understand where did Trace Jackson Davis score a lot of his points at last year, you know, right. off the glass. Right. So you want him rebounding. I mean, you want him in space and in offensive rebounding. He's great. He's slippery. He's hard to block out. He's strong and athletic. He's got this great combination there. Um, and so you want him on the glass. I don't know how many 18 footers you really want him taking. So that's the other thing. If he's playing the five, you know, um, he's right there. He's not going to, he's not going to go far and, and he's going to be a, you know, a part of a lot of, um, a lot of the offense just by, you know, organically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, and if he, and we, we've talked and, and I don't know how much we want to get, go down this rabbit hole, but if he wants to really, his position in the NBA will be a five. So, you know, for him to show that, and I know he's talked about, oh, I'm going to show my jumper or whatever, and we'll see, maybe. But And do I think he at least shoots some threes? Yeah, probably. He won't take zero again. But, you know, at what point does it get – at what point is it helping or hurting your team? We'll, we'll see what he comes – I'm interested to see what he comes out with, and we'll talk, you know, specific players. I, I like the that. season to happen, man. Like, there's yeah, so many storylines that have to play. No, out. there's a lot of storylines. This is a really interesting team. And I agree with you. I don't, I've seen, and I, you know, we're reading, I was reading up on a lot of the national, you know, predictions, previews, whatever, before this, because I wanted to see the, the kind of national outsiders perspective of Indiana and all of them had Christian Lander in the starting lineup. And to me, you know, of course he's the talent and, and whatnot. And I just don't know that that's how they're going to go. Maybe it is, maybe that's how Archie goes, but I just, to me, it seems like, he would be a perfect sixth man or seventh man, you know, coming in and, and being that kind of spark plug because he is so explosive and obviously he's athletically extremely gifted. I agree with you. So you have, you had Finnessy Durham and then you had Galloway starting at the three. Yeah. Okay. And that's, well, I've heard and, things as you about Galloway really impressing so far. Yeah. I mean, he's just a different kind of kid. I mean, when, when you met him, when I got to meet him, uh, last year, you know, I got to know him a little bit. Um, you know, he's a kid that would, would go into the gym at like 1030 at night and come out at like 230. I mean, mm-hmm. he's just, he's, uh, just a different bird. He, I mean, and I say that in a great way. I mean, right. like super competitive, just a wonderful kid, you know, but, but you just get the sense when you're talking to him, like I'm talking to an old soul, you know, mm-hmm. he just kind of feels like he's got that old soul vibe and, so, you know, to me, you know, he went to military school, you know, he's, he's used to being up at a certain time and, and, and in bed at a certain time or whatever. And, and uh, I don't know how exactly how that all worked at, at Culver, but I mean, it, it was a military style, uh, you know, so it's just different and, and he's a coach's kid. And so, you know, he's been coached hard. Mm-hmm. That's the other thing. His his dad is a super Mark Galloway is a super smart basketball guy and he's, you know, super competitive and, and they go at it. But one thing he's taken from his dad is a lot of really, really good uh, you know, ba- his basketball acumen. So um 
you know, I, that's, that's the way I roll. And I think I just want to say one thing. Well, I'll say one thing about Fennessey and Durham. I think Fennessey forgotten this Christian Lander talk is the fact that, that, Hey, you know, Rob Fennessey was a guy that averaged 30 points a game, uh, six assists, whatever, uh, you know, seven rebounds at, at McCutcheon as a senior. Mm-hmm. Like he had a really good stat line. He's a yeah. really good player. And, he, and, you know, he was in some tough positions, right, the last couple of years as far as, um, you know, injuries and, and just being forced into that starting, that starting role. And there's a lesson to be learned here, I think, is you don't want to push Christian Lander here. You, you know, you want him to come along. You want him to have success this year. You know, you want to put him into positions that he's going to be successful in. And so, you know, me, more than anything, like Indiana fans should be excited as all get out that they have this, this experienced backcourt that allows Christian Lander to come in and just be himself. You know, he doesn't feel like he has to force anything or, uh, you know, he's a young kid. He still should be a senior in high school. Like, mm-hmm. again, like, I just think the, the casual college basketball fan doesn't understand. They think, and I get it, you know, he got, he got the five-star ranking in 2022 and it, it, it confuses people and I get that, but I just don't think we're there yet with that. So, um, but he's, you know, he'll look great next year. Oh yeah. Next year you slide him right in the next to fantasy and, and I don't know what Al Durham will do, but, but Al Durham's a guy, uh, uh, well, just to finish that point, you know, lost yeah, yeah. in that is fantasy's a, a super competitive guy as well. And so yeah. he kind of took that whole, you know, the whole Christian, you know, he reads the stuff and he sees, oh, Christian Lander's going to start. Like, he's a type A guy, man. He's a competitive, he's a, a fire plug. Like, so I think this offseason was good in that regard, too. I mean, I think he read those headlines and he said, you know, bring it on. Well, and by the um, way, and by the way, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say Christian is not a super competitive guy, but from what I've seen from him, he's not that kind of Galloway, Finnessy, just. I'm going to dog you the whole game. I mean, when I've watched him play and I've watched him play in person a few times and I just haven't seen that same kind of fire and maybe that's me misinterpreting, but I don't know. And that's, and I think that's, you know, that's one of the good, really good things about him going up to Indiana this year. Mm -hmm. And it's not, and it's not so much about him playing in games because games are such a small, small part of this whole process. And like fans have to understand that, like, I get they're big in the fact that they get the, the, the most publicity and that's what, you know, that's what people watch and, and that's what people pay attention to. And really that's what all that matters. Right. That's what we say. But mm-hmm. in this whole development and whole process, you know, it's the day in day out grind going against Rob Finnessy every day. I mean, think about that. Think about how much better you get as a player when you're going up against Rob Finnessy every single day whether it's a workout whether it's practice or or if you're in a you know so I think for him like just the growth and development every day that he's playing I mean he's playing two three hours a day against right potentially an all big 10 caliber type of point guard and so you know to me um and that rubs off you know him and him and and Trey Galloway are really um they, they got along really really well on the circuit yeah when they played together and, and, you know, Christian's plenty competitive. Um, he's, he's just got to, he's just got to figure it out. He's got to figure out the speed and where he fits in and how he can best 
you know, help this year. And the speed of the game, though, is, is incredible. I think people just don't understand when, when you're used to going against guys who are six foot, mm-hmm. 5'11", yeah. a lot. And, and then you're all of a sudden, you're going against point guards that are 6'4". Mm-hmm. And strong. And, he's, yeah. and faster than anything you've ever – yeah, and so strong. So it's really tough, um, you know. And, and so, you know, I think I think if in the right positions, Christian's going to have a really nice season. You know, I mean, I think he's going to step in. He should be able to knock down shots. If we know one thing about Christian, team, by the way, which huh? is huge for this team that was brutal last year shooting the ball. Definitely, him and Anthony. I think Anthony Leal, uh, you know, Tony Buckets. I think can can come in and knock some shots down. He's an older player. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see, you know, he's, he's a year older than, than you know, um, than Trey, mm-hmm. uh, even though they're the same class. So, uh, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting to see from that. He's two years older than Christian, if that makes any sense. So, yeah. So, um, you know, from that standpoint, I think, um, you know, it's, there's, there's a lot of interchangeable options there. I think one last thing I'll say about, you know, that backcourt is I think Al Durham is super underappreciated. Oh, agreed. Agreed. Like I don't get nearly the love that he, he deserves. Like he's, you know, if you look back at all of his numbers, he's, he's super, super solid. And for a kid who came in like supposedly, you know, sub 200 uh, national ranking. And uh, you know, I, I remember thinking even back in, because he signed so super early, like as I want to say it, I was like a sophomore. He committed to, to IU mm-hmm. and everybody kind of went, well, Hey, right. you can say a lot of things about Tom Crean, but Tom Crean knows some talent, baby. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, he hit the nail on the head there. He absolutely did. And I think Durham, as we'll talk about, you know, when we get in depth, will be the kind of maybe the go-to shooter for Indiana this year, at least from what he's shown. And that's again, something that I think they finished, 204th nationally or something in three-point percentage last year. So uh, that is uh, something that will be a key for this offense to evolve. So let's go player by player, at least, you know, from the people we think are going to be the rotation or in the rotation. We'll go, you know, guards, wings, and bigs. Since we've kind of talked about the backcourt, let's start with the bigs. Obviously, can't start anywhere else other than Trace Jackson Davis, um, who is getting some, you know, all Big Ten, obviously, first team prediction and all American third team and stuff like that. He's expected to be one of the 20 best players in college basketball. He averaged 14 and eight last year, two blocks a game. As we mentioned, he didn't attempt a three point shot, did most of his damage inside, showed some ability to hit, you know, 15 footers, but it wasn't super consistent. What is your kind of feel for Jackson Davis? Do you think he becomes, you know, 20 and 10 or is it 16 and eight and and how much do they run the run the offense through a guy who isn't particularly and you and I've talked about this it's not that he's not athletic it's just that he's not you know what I mean he's not a rim runner per se he's not going to be the guy that is he's not super athletic he is athletic enough to probably you know be more athletic than most fives in the big 10 but at the same time he's not crazy athletic and that's why I think his NBA ceiling is pretty low, but what do you think about Trace? Obviously he's the focal point. He's the best player in the team. No doubt about it. Um, kind of your opinion there. Man, you know, uh, 
is, is as you, I wasn't going to let you off the hook there. I was going to let you see it, you know, where you went with that, uh, that whole, thing. okay. Um, yeah, no, I mean, Trace is, is super intriguing from, from so many standpoints, right? I mean, here's a kid who, who had, let's face it. I mean, his expectations weren't that high last year. I mean, oh, yeah. not, not nearly right where, where he finished at. And so I, I think that he sped up his whole process. You know, his, I think his parents had like a two, three year plan for him, you know, two year, if, if things went really, really well, which, which they didn't really know how that was going to turn out. And well, it turned out really well. So I think we're, we're kind of sped that up a little bit. And, you know, I've kind of went back and forth on where I stand on it and it really doesn't matter what I think. I get that. But, you know, to me, this, this feels like Trace Jackson Davis's last year in Bloomington. So, yeah. you know, yeah. um, to me, I don't think that it makes any sense. Is he going to get progressively better if he stays for a third year? That's where I'm at at this point. I don't really think he does. You know, I think he's the player that he's going to be. And, and from a health standpoint, um, just, you know, it's just that's probably what ends up happening, right? Yep, I agree. So, you know, it's his last year. And he's – He's super – what he might lack in athleticism, whatever, he more than makes up for, right, in, in just being powerful and mm-hmm. being super long. Like, yeah. he's, like, just huge, huge guy. Yeah. And you really get that sense when you're on the floor. Like, you know, they're, or you get up around him, you know, when he's playing basketball, and you just see how easy he – how big his hands are. I mean, are. I, yeah, I saw him at Buffalo the other day, and I was intimidated. I mean, he's, he is massive. He really he, is. So he's, he, he's more than six – like, he's 6'9", or whatever they say he is, but he's like – he feels like he's 6'10", 6'11". He just feels like a really big dude. Yeah. You know, and I grew up playing against Jared Jeffries, with Jared Jeffries. And, and you know, they had different bodies. Uh, obviously, Jared was a little, little bigger and longer uh, – in that regard, but like Trace is way more powerful yeah. inside. You know, he's just so powerful. And that's the thing. He can he can jump really fast. He can jump and he can jump twice really fast. And 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 that's something that's you know allows him to snag a rebound and then go right back up and just crush it. And so um you know, he's a super special kid. I think he's I, I think what I it took for me is to buy in that he's got a different skill set. And I, I really do think his skill set will play in the NBA. You know, I think his dad is a really good uh, – a friend of mine said this uh, just the other day. Dale Day probably a really good comp for Trace Jackson Davis as far as if you look at all of his – you know, he was a big rebounder, uh, tough, strong dude uh, who didn't turn the ball over. <clears throat> and we'll see about the shooting. You know, that's kind of where we stand with that. You know, as far as where Indy – where it relates to Indiana this year, I just, I have a hard time. Like I said previously, I have a hard time taking him away from the basket. Right. Being the fact that he's such a good offensive rebounder. Right. And to me, you know, you meant, you brought up earlier the race at the four and then maybe Jackson Davis at the five. That to me is, is the best way to use this front court. And it's nothing against Joey Brunk, but he is, he is really a mismatch at the five for a lot of these guys that he'll see and, and throwing race in there, that is a lot of rebounding and a lot of athleticism in, in that front court there. 
what's what's the other thing that you really need you know to improve on this year if you're IU you want to improve on your offense right and so to me that's you know race is is such a good offensive player you know Mm -hmm. if you go back and you look um at some of like where he's where he rated last year and in terms of the offensive categories you know he was among the the leaders on his team you know in in most every offensive category he's just a a a really really good player and you know i think he's going to end up shooting it better this year he's gotten a chance to get a lot more reps in yep and so you know experience he got a lot of it last year and, and i think he's hungry when you talk to him, sometimes when you watch players on TV, you think, oh, that guy's a really nice guy, right? Yep. When you get up next to some players and you interview some players, you figure out, like, and I don't mean race isn't a, a, a nice guy to, to his friends and to his family and stuff like that, sure. but, like, in, in that moment, he's not looking, like, to sell you a car or something. Like, he's just – he's cold. Like, he's just a well-composed, well-thought, but he's, like – you know, he has a lot of confidence in himself, man. He is, he is a, um, he's a, he's a lot, you know, you really get, get gain an, appra- uh, an appreciation for Ray Thompson when you, when you get up next to him and you interview him and you talk to him and listen to him speak. He's, he, so I think he's going to have a really nice year. Yeah, I do too. Um, yeah, I do so. too. I mean, here's a guy who, by the way, was, was just, yeah, just always, want you he's just someone you want to have on the floor with his hustle and his ability to pull in rebounds and yeah his offensive effectiveness was he a great shooter no but you know he was more effective if you look at you know the per 100 possession numbers and and his offensive rating was significantly higher the team's offensive rating when he was on the floor versus when Joey was on the floor so I just think he's a guy who probably should get more minutes than Joey this year uh, even if he doesn't necessarily start I, I think you'd probably agree with me there yeah and I mean I think it's it's not really who and a lot of people are probably already saying this no it doesn't matter who starts and right yeah okay so it's about who finishes and so we'll see I think that's really an important thing to watch for is you know who finishes games yeah for Indiana because you know somebody who we haven't even mentioned I haven't even mentioned yet is Jerome Hunter and I know you will get into that I guess you probably have that Mm -hmm. Yeah. in the segment here but you know so he's a kid we haven't even mentioned yet and I think he's going to be in the mix um so you know it just kind of depends I saw he had a really nice tip dunk uh yeah that was that was really impressive and so the one thing the biggest thing I think I take away from that is that he's healthy so mm-hmm. you know I think he's definitely going to be somebody who's you know you've got to consider at least at, at the three um and the four, you know, I, I think he wants to play the three. I mean, I think that's that's kind of possibly a point of contention. Is is so that's kind of something to watch. What does he play more of, the three or the four? Um, does he buy into to play in the four? Maybe he does because you know, I think offensively he's going to be great. He finished the year really hot, mm-hmm. and you know he he found his stroke and. and then again, that plays to to the whole. You know, he's a top sixty talent that that you know didn't have a lot of experience. And so, you know, he, he can came in and was a little cold and, and got that experience pretty quick. So, you know, he's a kid that could definitely add to the mix. Um, you know, how much playing time does he get? And I think we just keep going on and on and on with these guys. So, you know, what, what does the, I think this was a question you asked, what, what does the rotation size look like? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. And that was a problem last year. 
You yeah, know, I, yeah. I remember a couple of times getting to sit uh, court level and because <clears throat> most of the time I'm up, up high, which right. I, I really do. I, I really like, but every once in a while, it's a lot of fun to sit down low and, and because you just get a whole different perspective to the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that kind of surprised me, I think was, was the amount of, um, dissatisfaction with, with the substitution patterns. Yeah. You know, players would outwardly, you know, Rob Finnessy would, would outwardly say, you know, why am I coming out of the game? I'm fine. Like I feel fine. So I, I think that's kind of going to be a delicate balance this year. Mm-hmm. Something to kind of watch is the substitution patterns. I tracked that last year. Um, and Indiana was, I just, I would prefer fewer subs as, as someone who's played, it was easier for me to get in a rhythm if, if I got, and you know, if you're constantly seeing guys coming in and out around you, it's, it's just, it's still, it just kind of messes with you a little bit. So it's always nice to kind of get in a rhythm. It would be nice to see that. Um, you know, but we'll, we'll see. I, I, I think that talent wise, you're, you're 10 deep. Well, yeah. And that, and that to me is one of the most interesting storylines. And you talk about all these different storylines. How does he manage him being Archie manage the substitutions? I mean, they're just so they're deep with talent. There's a lot of guys that you look at, look at that guy and go, Hey, I want to get him on the floor, you know? And and I feel like there may be some situations where there is an odd man out, whether that may end up, and, and maybe they just ride the hot hand, but that may end up being someone like Armand Franklin, who I really like, but if Galloway is just out playing him, what, you know, what do you do with him? Cause you're not going to play him over Lander Finisier or Durham. Yeah, and I, I think a lot of it's going to be, you know, mix and match based on, on personnel and, and based on matchups and, and yeah. things like that. You know, I think that's that's an accurate assessment. And I could be wrong on the lineup, you know. I mean, it, it, Armand certainly uh, has the experience over, over Trey. But, you know, as I chronicled on Twitter, um, and, I, and I wrote last year when I was covering on, on, on the IU beat, you know, Trey – from a statistical standpoint, he was on the gauntlet. Uh, he was great. Uh, one of the best players offensively on the gauntlet, even though, you know, he, he just doesn't get that, that love that some of these other guys get just because, you know, for whatever reason, um, or whatever reasons. Uh, but he was as good as anybody on the gauntlet. So, you know, you're looking at a guy that's coming in that, that should be, you know, as college ready to play as, as anybody. And so, you know, but, but Armand certainly, you know, has that experience from, from last year. So I think you mix and match, but I think you gotta, you gotta kind of, at some point you gotta kind of pick, you know, practice is going to decide a lot of, of who plays at least early in the game. And I think, you know, you get one shot in in some cases, if you're not playing great, Mm -hmm you may get buried. I mean, that's kind of the, the nature of, of those kinds of things, right? When in, yeah. on team, you know, you give a guy a shot in the first half, he comes in, he makes two turnovers, uh, you know, misses three shots and hangs his head. And so, you know, to me, I think that's what Christian Lander has to, to try to avoid more than anything is hanging his head. I that's think that, point, yeah. that will get him buried faster than anything. I think, you know, Archie Miller traveled up and down I-69 some some enormous amount of time, 35 times or whatever. Right. Uh, made 35 trips to Evansville, let's put it that like that, for Christian Lander. I mean, loves the kid, 
was, you know, one of those schools that wanted him early, which, you know, meant a lot to Christian. I think uh, the fact that, that Archie wanted that, wanted him, you know, as soon as he could get him kind of thing. And he's going to put up with a lot. Yeah. And I, he's going to put up with a lot of the physical mistakes, the shots not going down, yep. you know, he's not going to put up with effort or, or attitude. You know, if he's hanging his head, um, you know, because let's face it, I mean, Archie's in a position where, you know, he, he doesn't have to, he needs to win sooner rather than later. I mean, it's not like it's this impending, it's on the line here, but like he really needs to set Christian up <clears throat> to be able to come in next year as a sophomore and just <clears throat> tear the roof off. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, you know, that's going to be the goal next year. And the depth will only get, you know, the depth will, will be an issue probably next year as well in terms of the rotation with Joey Brunk, just finishing out kind of the big men. And we may include Hunter in here, although, like you said, he kind of wants to play the three. So we'll see how that's another piece of the rotation. But with Brunk, obviously, you know, it's not much to say that hasn't been said about this guy, a great kid going to play minutes, how many minutes, I don't know. He's obviously not very athletic, but he is a productive big man who rebounds. He has good touch around the rim and, and he's someone you, you want on your team, fifth year senior, obviously. And, and you don't expect him. This is an interesting question, maybe because we kind of know what he is on the floor. You don't expect him to be back next year, do you? Because I think, and maybe he does come back, even though he'd be 25, you know, they're going to need to add a, a transfer big if he doesn't next, next off season. Well, do I think he comes back? I have no idea because, you know, that's so much of that's personal that, that, and, and Joey's, you know, he's been through a lot in college, you know? And so it's, it's been a lot. It's been a long, you know, four or five years for him, you know, just with everything. So maybe he's ready in his mind to move on. Maybe he says, Hey, I love being in college. You know, I, I don't know. He's a, he's a guarded person and, and they don't make, you know, players available to, to, you know, um, this is not the way Indiana rolls. And so you don't, can't really, you know, get to know a player as far as that goes, even though you're on the beat, you know, watching every game and analyzing every move and, and you just don't understand them like that. So I can't really speak whether he comes back or not. Um, maybe, maybe he, maybe he loves it. You know, I, I certainly, you know, as a guy who turns 40 uh, next month, I certainly would stay in college another year. Right. Uh, and play, certainly play at Indiana. So, you know, maybe that, maybe that's intriguing to him, but you know, I think he's got a chance to be able to play professionally somewhere. And so, you know, again, like Trace Jackson Davis, does this really help him to stay another year from, from that standpoint? And it, and it probably, if anything, cuts into his time as, as a pro. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, Six eleven guys who, who play that hard and, and and have really he's got good offensive numbers as far as you know the metrics go. Um, mm-hmm. You know he's just he's got a different he's got a a limited game. But you know I think that plays somewhere. He's going to play somewhere if he wants to play professionally because they just don't make six eleven guys who are that athletic and, and really I mean he's really pretty athletic. Yeah. You know for being a great big old dude so. Yeah, and he, he averaged or I think he got about twenty minutes a game last year. You know, yeah, I'd he, say sixteen. Yeah, yeah. I fifteen. Agree. I mean, if you do that exercise, which got a little easier now that Justin Smith left. Right. 
in the in the front court, there's minutes to be had. Whereas theoretically, the theoretically, yeah, we'll see. Theoretically, I mean, like personally, to me, man, it's tough not to play Chase Jackson Davis thirty minutes a game at the five. You know, oh, yeah, so, yeah. I, I agree with you. I, I don't know why he's. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, with Hunter, we can just go to him. Like you said, top 60 kid, really talented. He's gone through, yeah, kind of a lot over, you know, just redshirting and then the next year. Um, you know, what What do you think about Jerome? Because he is uh, the popular breakout pick. He finished last year really well. He seems to be healthy. Like you said, Archie has talked at length about how he believes in him. I, I was at media day and he talked for a while about how much he, you know, Jerome's kind of been through a lot, both mentally and physically with the injury and, and just everything. So it seems like this is a kid who has an opportunity to really, uh, really be a, a key contributor for the team, whether that comes, I, I think maybe the more interesting thing is what position that comes at, because a lot of people think he might be a three and maybe he wants to be the three, but, but there is an interesting lineup where he's the four and Jackson Davis is the five. So, you know, what do you think about Jerome and, and are you kind of as bullish on him as, as most of, you know, the IU people seem to be? Yeah, no, I, I think the one thing that I took away from that video that I think was, was the question mark in everybody's mind was, was how healthy he would be. I mean, health is an issue. I think the, the whole leg issue that he had, I think was, was under, under publicized, right. By, by design. I mean, you know, Indiana, they play their cards very close to the uh, to their vest and, you know, certainly with a health issue. But as I understand it, that was a pretty big deal. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it got nearly the, the amount of attention that it probably could have and, you know, probably to, to explain it all. Um, so, you know, his, the start of his season was rough. You know, it was, it, was, it was rough. Even when he was making shots, he was banking them. And I think if I, if I remember correctly, and so, yeah. and that all changed, you know, and, and he's a kid that you really, when you, when you interview, which I got to interview him a couple of times and when you interview him, he's really uh, a likable kid, you know, um, you know, I said something about his shot, you know, I said, man, how's that shot feeling? You know, it looks like it's really going down and he got this big smile on his face and he's just, you, you realize he's just a kid that's, that's looking for some kind of, uh, you know, for acceptance into some mm-hmm. valid validation for for his game and I think that that's got him really hungry and I think the experience factors got him you know to the point where he can he can you know utilize or, or seize on that um, that hunger inside of him that fire I think he does have a fire and I think you know I am bullish on him uh, I think you know he does everything offensively he's going to be great now what kind of player does he become now he's got to become a more well-rounded player, right? He's got to get his rebounding numbers got to come up. Uh, you know, he's, he's got to become a better offensive rebounder because then that's a place where he can really pad his off. You know, if he wants to score, it's a place he can really, you know, he can get to the free throw line. Um, and, he, and he's really good inside. He can be. Um, but a lot of times he settles. He likes to settle for that, that three or, or even the 15 footer and, and, so his progression, I think, is being that, that attacking type where we saw where he was on the rim in that Twitter video, and I think he's, you know, got to play above the rim now, you know. I think yeah. adding that part to his game and, and being, you know, 
I think defensively he's got a lot of versatility to him. Uh, so, you know, he, yeah, I'm, I'm bullish on him. I am. I am. I think it's a big year for him, though. I think if things don't go his way and, and, and people go by him, you know. He's going to be in trouble, yeah. We don't know. So I think it's an important year for him because just, just from that standpoint, you know, if you're trying to project uh, development, but I don't think Indiana is ever going to give up on Jerome Hunter. Archie stood by him from, you know, from, from the beginning. They've been through a lot together. and But we'll, we'll see. You know, at some point he's going to want to play. And so, you know, his playing time and the amount of minutes, I think, was just another storyline that, that yeah. Indiana, you know, to watch because – and there's just so many intriguing ones. And that's why I say, like, we've got to play this season, Aiden. Like, we've yeah. got to play, man. Like, there's too many too many things going on as far as storylines and, and stuff that, that that we really need to find the answers to. It, it's so interesting. And, and you know, now, as, as we've talked about for a little bit, let's, let's kind of group Leal and Gal. And I'm not going to spend too much time on, on – um, God – why is his name the other freshman, the fourth freshman? Why is Jordan. It? Jordan Geronimo. Geronimo. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I just don't think he really has a role this year. I think he has a lot of upside, as has been well documented. Everyone seems to think this guy's a freak athlete, um, and and he is for by all accounts. So, really excited for him for the future. Not sure he makes a huge impact this season. With Leal and Galloway, you know, as you talked about, Leal being really a knockdown shooter and something that can always get you minutes. What else he brings to the table remains to be seen, but he is a, he is a talented scorer and I think he's going to fight for minutes. I, I don't think we can just sit here and say that Anthony Leo is, is going to be, you know, phased out of the rotation. I think he's going to, he's going to push for, for some minutes. No, I think it's always interesting when uh, schools that are also recruiting players, Right. And so, like, you know, with Leo, you know, who were his, his final two? Do you remember? Stanford in, in Indiana, right? So Stanford, right? And Stanford, man, they're pretty good. They're, they get a lot of really good players. They they're take, killing it right now on the recruiting trail. They don't take bums. Yeah. And they wanted Anthony Leo. And so I know a lot of people have a lot of things to say about him, uh, about Anthony, you know, oh, he didn't deserve Mr. Basketball. Just, and whether that's right or wrong or it's indifferent, it seems to kind of come off as being kind of a knock on, on him. And I think for what he does, he's, he's absolutely incredible. You know, if you're looking to add shooting, mm-hmm. um, you know, he's not a high volume kid. It's not like he, he was scoring 40 a game at, at Bloomington South. No. But, you know, when called upon, uh, he had some big shots. I don't know if anybody remembers probably the biggest shot of the, the year last year. I'll ask you, Aiden, do you remember Anthony Leal's, the biggest shot of the year last year for him. Well, was the Silver Creek buzzer beater last year or was it? The nope, there you go. Yeah. 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 So he hits, he knocks down a, a three to win the game at Silver Creek over, over Trey Kaufman. Of three, by the way, if you haven't seen it, go, go watch that play. Yeah. It's, it's a great shot. And so, you know, like this dude's like confident, like, and so people want to give him a little bit of, uh, you know, whatever maybe some some haters or whatever and and you're entitled to your opinion that's fine but for what he does you know uh jared Haas wanted him at at stanford and that to me means a whole lot so he's going to be able to come in he's going to knock some shots down experience and uh he's a winner you know i mean if you look at his high school record all he knows is winning Mm -hmm. you know 
Like, do you think that kid is ever really going to sign up to lose? No, I don't either. So that's kind of what Archie Miller is banking on. And, and, you know, um, you know, he just kind of pushes and, and drives some kids. He makes practice a lot better too. Yeah. Imagine playing against him, you know, versus some of the guys that have been on the roster and, that, and the, some of that was injury. Yeah. You know, there was injuries two years ago. They had that injuries depleted them, but you know, that it just makes your practice a lot better having these guys. Mm-hmm. And your GPA as well. Anthony, a very smart kid um, out of, and that's hence why Stanford was after him with Galloway, as we mentioned, here's a guy who I think, like you said, is going to push for minutes. I think John Rothstein even tweeted that, you know, he thinks uh, Galloway might be a potential starter and he's going to push. I mean, he is, like you said, super competitive, uh, well-rounded player, really likes playing defense. You know, we saw him, I think he his multiple interviews has said he always tried to check, you know, the other team's best player is more athletic than people give him credit for. As you've seen some of the videos, I don't know if you saw him throwing down the dunks that he, he has been throwing down and, and not that he can't, he can shoot. I mean, just a very well-rounded player who is going to push for minutes right away. And I think really is going to have a productive four years in Bloomington is going to be one of, you know, IU fans, just, just most favorite players over his four years because of how hard he plays. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I think Will Sheehy plus yeah. is kind of what I what I think of. And so, you know, Will Sheehy's beloved by Indiana fans and, and just that kind of that hard-nosed style. Like, you know, like when you show – he's a guy that you want to be in the, in the trench with, you know. Like if you got to go – if you got to – you know, if you got to fight – you that's a guy that you want to have your back kind of thing, you know, like, so um, tough guy. And, uh, you know, so I think that means a lot because a lot of times when you think back to it, right. Isn't it usually the team that wins is, is usually like the biggest, the strongest, the, the most aggressive, the toughest. I mean, isn't that who usually wins? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's good to have guys like that. Yeah, it is. And, and we've talked about him already. He's, he's going to be a factor this year, undoubtedly. Um, Armand Franklin, who I think you and I have, t- you know, the, the shooting last year was really bad, but also I don't think fully indicative of his, his real ability as a shooter. I think that's a area where he is markedly better this season and we'll see how he kind of factors into everything. Obviously he got 14 minutes a game last year, started nine games early on in the season and just kind of didn't didn't have the best finish to the season but I think you know there's some optimism around Armand and and where do you see him sliding in I mean do we he's not going to start but is he you know the first wing off the bench second wing I mean it's just it's hard to again it's just weird to think of how they're going to do these rotations but I I do like Armand and I think he's going to have a role for sure yes so I mean I think in a couple things on Franklin uh, did not shoot the ball well. I don't expect him to shoot that bad again. Uh, you know, he, he was a 36% three-point shooter in high school. I mean, it's just – it would puzzle me if he shot that bad again. Uh, I don't see any kind of mechanically any kind of big change. And when I talked to Jason Delaney, he didn't seem to think there was any kind of big change that he made. You know, it just happens sometimes. It's – like I said, it's a different speed, and that's what people don't sometimes understand. It's, I mean, it takes a second. 
And then once you kind of have an off season to kind of understand like, okay, this is what I need to do to get better. And then you take that into your, you know, the, all the off season games and the workouts and the practice now. And, and now it's different. It's going to be really different for you. But one thing that Armand Franklin always did that was, that was really, really well was, was finish around the basket. Uh, you know, he, he shot near 70% around the basket. So to me, that's an area where, you know, he, you know, let the shot come and, and go and we'll see where it ends up playing out. I mean, that's a, another huge storyline. Like what's Armand Franklin's, you know, three point percentage going to be like, that's, yeah, that's super intriguing for a basketball nerd. I, and like myself, um, but you know, he was really good around the basket. So if he can improve that a little bit now, you know, moving him to the three, allows him a little more opportunity to crash the boards because Indiana, they usually send two back. And when he's playing the point of the shooting guard, he's going back. And at six, five athletic, he's got long arms and he needs to be crashing. I mean, like that's, that's, especially if he's not hitting shots. Um, you know, he's, so I think if, if you're playing him at the three and he's crashing the boards hard, I think you're going to see, an uptick in because he was a good offensive rebounder at, at cathedral, you right. know, that's a motor, that's a willingness to want to do it. You know, that's the skill there. And right. he's got both of those. And, and so, but I think a lot of times in a lot of situations last year, he was either at the, on the point, you know, when certainly to start the year when Rob Finnessy was out um, there early a little bit um, and then two a little bit, you know, but he was both in both cases, he's getting back you know, in defensive transition. So this year, you know, I think it'll be interesting to see, but I'm, I'm bullish on him. I am. I've, I've, yeah. um, I've said that, you know, since early, I want to say early in the spring. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't think th to me, it's all about the shot because I think defensively he's going to be great too. I think he's, he's, you know, he's going to, uh, he'll be one of Indiana's better uh, defenders. Yeah. I agree with that. And, and as we've mentioned, consistently this defense is going to be good um it's a staple of what Archie does and and I don't see really any way that it's not you know yeah um, yes and no you know I mean it's relative speaking right because the Big Ten is so good mm -hmm. so yeah you can be good nationally but it can really it's it's the importance of being good within the Big Ten is so important yeah you know and Indiana was eighth last year and I want to say they were ninth the year before in the, in the conference. And I know the conference is really good and, you know, they're going to get the teams in, but it's about, it's about your seed too. You know, it's not just about sneaking yeah. in as a 10 or an 11. No, no, no. It's about being a five. It's about being a four. Uh, at that point, man, then you can make some noise. And I think that's, that's the next step for Archie Miller is, is, I mean, there's steps in between. You could say, you can argue all kinds of stuff. But, you know, when Indiana can start getting back to being a four or five seed, six seed, then you're going to see Indiana make a little noise in the tournament. But until then, it's going to be really tough. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And, and you know, looking at the landscape of the Big Ten, it's, it's once again going to be a situation where it's just going to be tough to crack the top five, top six, you know. I just uh, don't – I don't see that as a realistic, even though I like this team. I mean, they're not cracking the top four. Um, maybe. Preach. 
maybe, maybe they get to five or six. So we'll see. That, that's something we could talk about too. I mean, the, the overall Big Ten strength being, and when I say that top four, obviously I mean Illinois, Michigan State, Wisconsin, and um, God, Iowa. Which Iowa. way you want to go? <laughs> no, okay. Iowa. Yeah, I think those are the top four. And I think yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Michigan State. What'd you say? Michigan State. Michigan State, Wisconsin, Illinois, Iowa. Not necessarily in that order. That's tier one. Yeah. You know, and then tier two is is really really yeah. really loaded. So I like uh, yeah. Let's just talk, do a little bit on this. I, I like I like Rutgers better than IU right now. I like IU better than Purdue on paper. Uh, well, certainly, certainly with Hunter out. Uh, yeah, for eight yeah, weeks. He's gonna so. he's gonna miss you know a month and a half. Yeah, and then, gosh, I mean Michigan is just hard to read. They, Michigan's they... dangerous. I mean, look, uh, <laughs> he, Wagner. Um, Livers and um, Livers is back, right? Livers. I mean, I'm sorry, Livers. I, I, Livers, yeah, yeah. Livers, Wagner, and, and Eli Brooks are as good a one, two, three to me mm-hmm. as as it comes. And then you know, I don't think uh, Chandri Brown ends up. Um, I don't think he ends up starting at Michigan, but he started three years at Wake Forest. Yeah, he's a player. I mean, he's a, a tough. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's a tough kid, tough kid who's going to help him practice, you know, a lot. And then he's going to come in and give him experience. Uh, Mike Smith, you know, when I was I was reading a, uh, or watching an interview with Isaiah Livers, and he was saying, they said, you know, who would you start at point guard, you know, if you if you were going to put your lineup out there? And this was two weeks ago or whatever. He said, Mike Smith. He said, for hmm. sure, Mike Smith. So I think Mike Smith's going to be pretty good. Yeah. Um. You know, and then they got they got Hunter Dickinson, who who could be. Let's face it, when you're that big, you don't have to be um, like all world. You just yeah. got to be there. Yeah. You know, sometimes availability is like, you know, as good an ability as anything when you're that big. He's, he's yeah, he's big. huge. I mean, he is huge. I really wanted him at Notre Dame. They didn't pull it off, but he he's going to be a factor as well. Um, wh- what do you think about Rutgers? Because obviously. You know, Ron Harper Jr. and Geo Baker are are as good a tandem as I think so. You know, I agree, but a lot of people are down. Like a lot of people say, like, oh, so I put out my top, you know, what hundred Big Ten player rankings and right. uh, at bombhoops.com. Mm-hmm. And you know, feel free to peruse on over there and yeah, go and, on you know, over there and yeah. let me know how you feel. You know, you may disagree with me on some things. Um, and how I did that, I just just as a quick side note. You know, that's that's stat-based to a degree. I went through and points, rebounds, assists, and then, you know, uh, all the offensive – met. you know, the advanced metrics, you know, as far as offensive efficiency and, you know, some synergy stats and just kind of little, little this, little that. And so it's, mm-hmm. it's very subjective. But, you know, uh, to me, you know, and I put the, that ranking out and people said, oh, well, you know, you have Geo Baker way too high. Ron Harper's way too high. And I'm thinking, like, guys, I mean, <laughs> they're really good. Yeah, yeah, I mean, Geo <laughs> Baker's now in his senior year, his fourth year. And, and Harper's, you know, to me, is just a super underrated guy who, who you know, I'm, I'm, I'm hearing these people saying, you know, their opinion, and I'm looking at my numbers and I'm going, it doesn't jive up. Right. So, you know, to me, they have a, 
as far as team building goes, uh, they're, they're a really good team. They've got a good backcourt. Uh, you know, they've got a, a good uh, front court. Um, yeah, what's uh, Cliff Omari? Omari yeah, well, he's – yeah, he's just uh, – Omari. Yeah. Omari, I think. He's an interesting player. I, I, I'm really intrigued to see what he does. You know, but he's a freshman. But they've got um, oh, the big kid in the in inside. Um, I'll look it up. Look it up for me, Johnson. Right. Uh, all, these, all these names. All these Miles, names. Miles, Miles Johnson. Miles yeah. Johnson. Yeah, these names just run together, and I did. I didn't expect to really go down the Big Ten path, so I didn't. I didn't brush up on my names. But yeah, Miles Johnson uh, inside, and then, um, uh. You know, Montez Mathis is another guy defensively is, like, really, really good. So they've got a potential defensive player of the year. Here's the thing to watch with Rutgers. How do they respond at the pack? Okay, there's not going to be any, any fans. Right. How do a lot of these teams respond? You know, how does that work? Uh, because, you know, uh, to, when you play, you don't necessarily see fans, right? But you feel it. Right. And so you're not going to feel, you know, it's everybody who's ever played in a game versus played in practice knows the difference between what it feels like. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and by the way, not that, everybody plays the same, right? And of course it's, it's well documented that Rutgers had this incredible home and away split. Right. But They're really good at home. But you know, how does that apply to everyone in the big 10? Is it, is it now easier to go on the road? You don't have to go to, Mackey, if you're going to Purdue or Assembly Hall, you know, at its best is, is like really up there. And, and all the, all the arenas, it's just so hard to play on the road in the big 10. And a lot of that is because of the rabid fan bases. It's hard to play anywhere. You know, people say, Oh, it's hard to play in the big 10. And I agree. I'm not saying like, but it's hard to play in the Ohio Valley. Mm -hmm. It's hard to play in the Missouri Valley. I mean, hard to play in Indian high school basketball on the road. Exactly. Very, very good point. You know, it's just for whatever reason, anytime you go on the road. So, you know, I think if you're looking for a place where Indiana can, can get better, you know, I think it's, you know, trying to steal a few on the road. I, I think they're at that point, even though the Big Ten's really, really good. It was easier last year when they were a little younger. Uh, to me, I mean, I, I don't know. I have to look and see what the experience level, but to the guys that are actually playing, going to be playing a lot, your, your backcourt. Mm -hmm. They feel they feel older this year. I don't know what what the what the numbers are going to tell me exactly, but it's close. <laughs> but yeah. um, but you know, to me, that's uh, so much of it. If they can steal a win or two on the road, they didn't last year. You know, and they finished with, with twenty wins after the Big Ten tournament. So you know, if you can finish twenty one, twenty two, you know, twenty three. If you get the Big Ten twenty one and two you can make a little room. So, I mean, it's always obviously any IU fan will tell you that's the Big Ten tournament's always uh, someplace where the, the team can get better, um, right. you know, because they've just done really, really poorly there over the years. Yep. And, uh, you know, that's something to watch as we – let's just go quickly back to kind of the backcourt, which we've already talked in, in depth about. But let's do Lander because – He's someone that you obviously know very well. I have seen him play in person more than I have really any of these other recruits being from Evansville, obviously, as well. So here's a guy who who I think he got up to 27 in 2020 in terms of rankings, 
whenever he uh, transferred back in, he got that five-star billing. He was like in the top 15 before. Uh, again, yeah, like you said, Archie worked very hard for this kid. And, and that to me signifies that, hey, he's going to let him play through some mistakes, like you said. And and he, there will be mistakes with this adjustment to the Big Ten. But what are your expectations for Christian? Because I think that's a question that many, many IU fans would answer differently. And some would say all Big Ten. And some would say, you know, hey, just he's going to gonna go grow and, and hopefully develop into, you know, the star that we think he can be next season. Well, I'm definitely in the camp of the latter. Um, you know, I've said that in my comments earlier, I just kind of indicated that, that, you know, he, he's, he's a kid who you're asking a lot of at, you know, at his stage and his development. Okay. So let's, let's go back. Right. To last spring, you know, and, and he shows, you know, he gets kind of the monkey, uh, so to speak, off his back as far as, you know, he, well, his teams never won anything. Well, he got it off his back. And as he's starting to make this, to get this snowball rolling, which I thought would have been a really good snowball. By the way, they, they got the sectional just for anyone who doesn't know. They got the, the four. Yeah, I apologize. Yeah, they just just won the sectional, and I just interviewed him, and he, he's, he confirmed that he was on track to, you know, to reclassify in, in 2020 that Saturday night. And then that's when everything, you know, hit the rails on Monday. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, as, as far as um, – as far as, you know, Christian's growth, you know, he was, he was starting to hit that snowball and it was going to be a really good snowball. I think right through the state tournament, I think right into Indianapolis and who knows what it would have happened. And then it's, it, you know, everything shut down. So that, and when I say shut down, that shut down his, his, his development as well. I mean, it really stunted his, his, you know, his ability to get out to the gym to be able to work on things, to be able to work with people, you know, to be able to play because this is still a young kid and he still has a lot of, of development, you know, uh, you know, so he missed out on an AAU season, uh, even though the AAU season was, was pretty much a wash, uh, let's face it, it wasn't a great one, but nonetheless, they, they missed out on an AAU season. Uh, and then now you're asking the kid, to come a year early and to sacrifice yet another year of his development, uh, you know, just to be able to, uh, uh, you know, to be on campus uh, for the season. And, you know, and that's a good move. Not to say it was a bad move. I think, you know, Meech Johnson really made out well. Yeah. Uh, he was able to play a little bit this summer and, um, you know, in ironically in Christian Lander's spot. On, yeah. on MD Heat, which is kind of interesting, right? And then Michi Johnson just reclassified this last week. Yeah, he's like on their roster now, right? <laughs> yes, yes, that's wild to me. Like, you just missed out on the entire preseason. But, I mean, I guess that's really – there was nothing a whole lot, you know, that was there. Mm -hmm. Okay, so – but, like – but you're still – you're asking him to do that. And, you know, he was – he was a kid that that, you know – wasn't dominating at times as a junior, you know, and I think that was, you know, his coach's whole thing, Mike Adams's whole thing was he wanted to see him come back and dominate. And they would have been very good, by the way, 
the, and he would have had a chance to dominate. Yeah. Yes. And, and I think, you know, and, and had a chance to be Mr. Basketball. And, and I think that's kind of where the disconnect is for people is because they don't realize that, that there were times last year where Christian didn't dominate. You know, no, there were times. Far from it. Far from it. I mean, at, at, at points. No. Yeah, and I, I don't, no, and I'm not I, saying no. this. I'm, I'm Christian's biggest fan. But there were times he just did not dominate, you know, the way you thought he would, you know, and, and Carmel was – so, you know, uh, when they played Carmel at Southport, that was one of them. Got uh, destroyed just, by, by Carmel. There were several several cases where I just – I would have liked it. And he got hurt. Yeah. And that, and that affected him, um, you know, but they still uh, still won the sectional, and I thought he was on an upward trend. And I think – so now you're asking him, having sacrificed all that, to come in right away and to jump into perhaps the toughest Big Ten ever? Yeah. Because yeah. It, it's just, it's a lot. It's asking a lot. And so maybe he, maybe he does. And maybe, and everybody can tweet at me and tell me what, a, what an idiot I am. Um, but I feel, you know, I just. Well, what, but what you're saying isn't a hot take, though, because you, and you've watched him and I've watched him. I mean, this is just. There's no like hyperbole here, you know what I mean? I mean, it, it just is what it is that I don't know that he's necessarily going to be able to step in and I don't know. I don't even know what his minutes will be like. I, I it's just hard to predict. No, I think it could be anywhere. Like I said earlier, I think a lot of it will be if he comes in and you know, he's his attitude's good, he's not, you know, he's talking, he's playing defense. Um, knocking down shots, looking to take shots. Because you could also see a scenario where he comes in and he doesn't look to shoot. Right. And, you know, uh, uh, he's, so he's got a, you know, so confidence-wise, you know, just his consistency from a day-to-day -day standpoint, I think will help him get minutes. So, and what I mean by that is, you know, as a freshman, we all understand, like, the consistency part of it's the hardest part. Mm -hmm. You know, showing up as a young kid every single day. And these dudes are this is all type all type A personalities. These are some of the most intense guys in the world. Like, you know, I mean college basketball players, college athletes, whatever. They're intense. And, you know, they're grown men in a lot of cases. You know, Joey Brunks, how old? Yeah, he's gonna be he's twenty four now, gonna be twenty five next next season, so if he comes back. You know, so I mean like that's what you're asking. And then Christian Leader should be a senior in high school. And That's a six-year gap, by the way, of him, you know. And, you know, and the Big Ten's like the most experienced conference. So mm. and why I say this is because this is what I'm afraid of, okay? This is, this is the narrative that, that why I say hit the brakes. And then people will say, oh, you're a hater. Not at all. This is why. He comes in and everybody expects all Big Ten and he's not that. Right. Everyone, who does everybody blame? Him or Archie? There you go. Him yeah. and Archie. So then it creates a situation where he was a, a, a flop or a disappointment or... It kind of happened with Romeo, by the way. Yes. You know, and, and he was the number seven. Like, and, and he was a, more of a sure thing than, than Christian Lander. I mean, he averaged 36 a game, um, yeah. right, as a senior. And had a lot of yeah. uh, big attention from Kansas, you know, that and was, was a year older. 
Yeah, and was and the expectations were way higher for him, but and he was hurt and people didn't care. Like people still blamed him. Sure. You know. And part of that's, you know, he, he asked for it in, in, in ways because he, you know, he was one and done. He knew he was going to be one and done. And so that's, I think, not that, that Christian Lander needs my, my counseling, but, you know, just relax and have fun and enjoy it. Get better every day. Yeah. So much, I think, of college basketball, people think of it in a romantic sense. They think that, oh, playing basketball at Indiana is, must be – everyday's cupcakes and, and uh, tacos or something, you know, like, I mean, I guess you could have tacos every day, but it's, it's not what it, it's cut out to be on a day. I mean, on a day to day, it's a lot of grind. It's a lot of pressure, right? There's a lot of anxiety that goes along with that. Right. Um, not to mention just the physical toll on your body. I mean, you are sore year round. Well, and the the mental toll of just the academics and and everything that social you know, life living right? your own as an eighteen year old for the first time it, it's not easy. It's maybe not easy. mom and dad, or maybe grandpa or grandma gets sick. I mean, there's yeah, there's, yeah. There's all kinds of things that can happen throughout the course of the year with a young person. You know that 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 it, you, that experience really helps, and so um, no. To me, and I've said this to his father, this is not like this is some kind of, of um, secret re- revelation. I said if, if, you know, when people talk about expectations for Christian, if he is every day, you know, taking one step forward, if he yeah. learns one thing every single day, uh, he's going to get there. Yeah. And, you know, he's going to have a shot to, to, to be a big-time college basketball player and then Hopefully, you know, he wants to play in the NBA. And so whenever that happens, he's going to have that opportunity. But so much of it, I think, to me, starts with this year with the correct mindset. I get it. The five-star ranking, it confuses people. I understand. I get it. As someone who used to follow just the rankings, right, when I was coming up, going through, you know, college and, and things like that. And then you kind of get on the other side of it. You kind of see, like, not every five-star is made the same. Mm-hmm. And there are reasons why Christian Lander is a five star, and I'm not gonna just I'm not disputing that. But there are also reasons why a year early we got to hit the brakes, and it's nothing that I didn't say about Ashton Hagens, right? When he went to Kentucky, and right. here we are, you know, two years later, he had all that pressure and all that, and didn't meet the expectation that he was supposed to as as a freshman and, you know, ends up kind of limping off the scene at, at Kentucky and now maybe gets drafted. Maybe ends up in the NBA. He, most likely he's going to be in the G league and he's going to have to fight for it there. And that's, that's, that's fine. But, um, you know, he could have just really improved his brand if he would have stayed around another year. Yeah, absolutely. And he was someone who had high expectations and again, just, it's not that he didn't meet the expectation. There's no, there shouldn't be any hate for kids just how they play, but it just is how college basketball is. You know, there's all there's just you know, hate, haters is part of it, man. Yeah, you haven't, you haven't arrived until you got some haters. That's right? true. That's absolutely true. Um, the schedule is what I want to talk about quickly here. Interesting, kind of non-conference slate obviously they go to Maui which is now Asheville that's a tough field um they're gonna get 
a good Providence team, then they're going to get either Texas or Davidson, and then they're probably going to get Carolina or potentially, you know, Stanford is in the mix there as well on the other side of the bracket. That's going to be a fun event, I think, for for Indiana. Then they, they go to Florida State for Big Ten ACC. They got Butler in the crossroads and, you know, a few gimme games against Tennessee Tech and North Alabama. Before. But they only have, what, two or three? How many are, are official? Um, the, the Big Ten ACC is official and, and Maui is official. They haven't. Now he's official. Okay. Yeah, Crossroads isn't official though. So, that's kind of the the schedule. I mean, just do you have any kind of thoughts? You know, it's it's not easy. Um, Florida State's a tough game, especially on the road. <laughs> you ain't lying. <laughs> well, I you know, and one of the coaches that impressed me as much as anybody last year was Leonard Hamilton. Uh, just kind of, you know, that was the game. You remember that that Devonte Green was just. He was just – he was hitting from everywhere. Yeah. Uh, just went crazy. And kind of everybody was kind of like, oh, you know, like what – what you know, what, what was your take, you know? And, and Leonard Hamilton's just such a cool guy. He's just so laid back and relaxed. So He's so good, by the way. And his yeah. ring is now getting getting better as well. They're going to be so good. That's a tough game. You yeah. know, he, and he's a great coach, really underrated. Coaches I – mean, coaches rule, especially in the NCAA um, – you know, you might have a season here or there, but you're really good coaches. They rule, and Leonard Hamilton's up there. So that's going to be an incredibly tough game to go to, incredibly tough place to go play, uh, incredibly tough style. So, you know, I love that game. Love it as far as preparing for the Big Ten because, you know, I think they, they match up and kind of mirror Michigan State as well as anybody just from a kind of a team toughness and, and kind of the philosophy standpoint. Uh, obviously, Michigan State's had more success, but just kind of that culture. But, um, you know, so um, uh, and they go to Providence. They have Providence in the first round of the Maui. Yeah, that's, that's okay. Okay, that's right. And then they'll they'll get Texas or Davidson, depending on how that game goes. Yeah, the Texas game could be really really interesting. Um, I think Texas is going to be a lot better, but it's also a chance for Indiana to pile up, uh, you know, some quality wins. Yeah, these aren't like these are very winnable games. They're also they are. tough, right? When the schedule came out, I went, oh, I went, oh man, that's not good for Indiana, man. That's and you know, I think it changes a little bit now that it's in Asheville. Um, you know, I think it kind of, kind of turns a little bit. You know, there's there's just I don't know. I guess you could look back and say, I guess Tom Crean's – did Indiana do well the last time they were there? I can't remember. I just don't remember them ever really playing that great in Maui. Um, yeah. It's just a tough – it's a tough trip, you know, from Indiana to, to Maui and, and then get off a plane and then immediately jump on the court and play. And mm-hmm. So, you know, um, I think it changed a little bit just going to Asheville. So, I, I like Providence. I like Texas. And then, you know, you get a shot at, at maybe Carolina. Yeah, really fun field, by the way. I think uh, on the other side, you get a, a fun Stanford team that we talked about. They have a guy in Zaire Williams, who's a top 10 recruit. And um, I think Alabama is on that that other side. And Nate Oates is a guy who I've actually known for a little while and really love what he does there at Alabama. So Yeah, I want to stay away from either of those teams. So, yeah, exactly. So that's, to me, like, wow. Um, you know, Providence, I haven't looked into them as much as, as you know, as I will here shortly. Um, but, you know, I think, 
you know, that's Ed Cooley. And Coach Cooley's is as good as they come. Hard to bet against Ed Cooley, just as a general rule of thumb. So. General rule, it's going to be tough. That's going to be a tough game. But I think it does tell a little bit, you know, the fact that it's just a national. Yeah. And, uh, look, Indiana probably should win that Providence game if uh, they're going to be the more talented team on paper. Um, Ken Palm has them. Uh, Ken Palm has them as, as the winner. So, yeah, yeah. no, it's, it's going to be interesting as far as that goes. Uh, but then – but you, you can't – what you really don't want to come out of there with is, is an 0-3 record. So Oh, man, <laughs> that would be brutal. That would be really bad, especially if they would then probably lose to Davidson. And that, that would mean they probably lost to Davidson, who, by the way, is always a competitive team, not a pushover. You know, but. Bob McKillop, it's style. You know, it's yeah. a coaching style. And so anytime you go up against, a, a, you know, a program style like that, it's, it's always – Program teams are tough. They can they can out execute you if you're not you know ready to go. Absolutely, and they somehow Kellen Grady is still in school. I feel like that guy's been around forever at Davidson. Oh. Uh, Kellen Grady, he's yeah. been been solid for them over. Yeah, it feels like he's been there forever. Um, then Butler, obviously, they get um, in the crossroads if if that does indeed happen. That should be a fun one. That crossroads is always fun. Um, what, do wear, about, what do you think about Butler? Um, we got to wear a mask if we're going to have that that crossroads game. Yeah, um, you know the way things are going right now. I just I feel like everybody's just really really tired of the whole mm-hmm. coronavirus thing, and they're just kind of like I'm done with it, you know. But like we can't be like we want this college basketball season to happen. It's <laughs> we got to dig back in. We got to like I don't know. I'm not here to lecture people, but. No, but you're right. And by the way, um, Indianapolis not doing well numbers-wise uh, as far as COVID-19. And so they've just recently announced that the tournament will will be played, you know, exclusively in Indianapolis. So we'll see. I mean. We want that. You know, we want that, that tournament. We want that attention. Uh, we want that business, even though there won't be the whole, you know, a lot of fans. But if we could get the numbers down where fans could actually – you know, be around. I don't know if that's even a safe thing at, the, at, at that point, but that's down the road. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. we got time if, if, if we start acting on things now and, and of course the vaccines are coming along. So maybe, you know, so I think we really want that NCAA tournament Yeah. in Indianapolis, not just that it happens. We want, we want the tournament in Indy because man, that's revenue. And that is, that, that could be potentially if, if everything can work out as far as vaccines go, and and the numbers get you know go down um not covid related <laughs> and and by the way i mean that, that you'd think that you know that would be a, a motivating factor for people here in indiana um you would think you know but we just had 500 cases in evansville um the last two days yeah no it's not, uh, not good. yeah it's not good um not good at all and hopefully that improves finally you know just want to touch on recruiting because I know that's you know something that you do well uh looks well I I haven't even talked to you since they they missed on Trey Kaufman um you know he went to Purdue and to me it seems the more I hear about it the less shocking it seems to me um here's a guy who maybe wants to play a little more on the wing and and that was just really something I don't know that Indiana could afford to, 
to promise him. I They needed him at the four, and I don't think he necessarily wants to do that. Um, so w- what's your your thoughts about that? I know you weren't terribly surprised. No, I mean, I in fact, I had more or less predicted it. It was kind yeah. of – it was just kind of something that uh, – and, look, I took a lot of heat for it. Indiana fans were saying how much I was a hater and this and that. No, I'm not I, – I don't care. At this point, like, I'm, I'm just – I'm above it. Like, grew up an Indiana fan. I did. I did. But, like, I really like the Purdue program a lot. Uh, I think Butler's going in the right direction. They've got a lot of kids uh, uh, from Indianapolis that they've not really been able to get that – that thing, they got it rolling. You know, Notre Dame's doing great. Um, I think they're going to end up with Blake Wesley. I, I'm, I'm, that's just kind of my gut. I agree. Um, yeah. You know, as, as far as that goes. Which, by the way, is going to be a huge get for Notre Dame. They don't often get players who can create and score like that. No. And, I mean, with, with J.R. Kuchisny, yeah. um, you know, that's a really good one-two punch. They're buddies. And uh, so I think, you know, uh, so I'm, I'm above all, all that. Um, I can't remember exactly how I even got to this, why I'm above it. Um, well, the, the Indiana fans calling you a hater and such with, with the Kaufman. Thing. Sure. Okay. Yeah, with Trey Kaufman. Okay. So, you know, but that was where it was all. I even penned an article, you know, and you can find it at bombhoops.com where I wrote about this. And I said, you know, Kaufman was always the answer for Purdue. Purdue was always the answer for Kaufman because of just those things. You know, you had uh, a lot of things playing into it. You know, Matt Painter goes back with the family decades, you know, since since back when, when Matt Wren, who was Trey Kaufman's uncle, who's a couple years older than me, that I watched devastate the Missouri Valley when I was yeah. – um, when he was at Indiana State. Uh, first team – and second team, all in VC. Um, and so, you know, they go back a long, long time. And there's just a trust factor there that, you know, really it was hard for anybody else, maybe Tony Bennett, but it was really hard for anybody else to really match. And certainly, you know, Indiana tried and, and did, the, did what they could, but there was just a trust factor there. And then, you know, when you add on to it um, – that Micah, Micah Shrewsbury, the associate head coach at Purdue, just knocked it out of the park. I mean, he just mm-hmm. did a fabulous job of trying to compare um, Jason Tatum to what they want to do with Trey Kaufman at Purdue. And I, and I love Micah Shrewsbury. And I, how much of that was actually a sales job and how much will that actually come to fruition? You know, I think that they'll they'll try and they'll do whatever they can, they can. Is is now it's kind of up to Trey. Can Trey, you know, seize upon that? Because you know, a lot of, just because you say you want to do something doesn't you have to actually do it. Yeah. So that's kind of where we're at with that. But but they were you know that's that's what that's what Trey Kaufman wanted to hear more than, hey, you can take over for Trey Shacks and Davis at the four. Yeah. yeah. Um, or at the five even, because I've had, I've had college coaches tell me that Trey Kaufman's a five. Right. Um, you know, I, and he hasn't shown a lot to tell us he's a three. I mean, so far. Here's the thing. You can count on your hand the number of times Trey Kaufman's win against a really good tall player. Mm-hmm. And even in the battle of the brands, you know, he was matched up with Pierce Thomas. 
you know, people say, oh, Caleb first. No, I mean, Caleb first, had his, he was occupied with yeah, Logan Duncan. Logan was giving him the work in that game. I mean. And so it was Trey. And so that's, you know, that's why this summer people say, oh, Trey took so many steps forward. I say, well, let's be honest. I mean, it's, he, they either, what did he show you? You know, I mean, even his dunks weren't, weren't like over the top athletic. Um, you know, and they just, they, they just weren't, he was playing against a really bad competition. He, and he played good against, you know, a smaller Pierce Thomas that battle the brands. And, and so that was his summer basically. And so, you know, uh, I, I need to see more. Um, so, but, but he's, he's a Purdue kid, you know, and you talk to people, Christian Landers, an, an Indiana kid. And, you know, uh, Trey Kaufman's a Purdue kid, you know, it's just, just the way they, they are. Different mental anything, makeups, yeah. It's not anything bad. I mean, I absolutely no. love the Purdue program. I would, man, it would be hard. It would be hard not to. Indiana Purdue would be hard for me at this point because Purdue is a great, great program. Even though I grew up at right. Well, as I, an Indiana fan, and Purdue I, is, not. It's not sacrilegious to really respect and like what Purdue is doing. They have a really interesting team with really interesting young pieces for the future. And I just love Matt Painter, A, and B, I love the direction that they're headed. Their staff is so friendly, too. Yeah. Like, you could just tell, like, you know, they talk to me. You know, Michael Shrewsbury talks to me. And why does he talk to me? I'm nobody. Right. Um, but you could just tell if you were a recruit and, and man, it would be easy to get, you know, you like, like the stuff that, that's coming out of there is great. You know, I think mm -hmm. they do a great job of winning the, the high school coaches. And so they got a lot of fans around the state. When you talk to high school coaches, a lot of fans, a lot of Matt Painter fans. Yeah. And, and deservedly so. I mean, he's a, a great coach. So yeah. And then with, um, you know, looking back kind of at IU, Mason Miller, who I think he's going to – he's just announced that he's going to push his decision back to next Monday between Indiana and Creighton. Um, obviously not an in-state kid, but, you know, it's someone who I personally have a hunch that he picks Creighton. Um, that's sort it feels of an, like it, doesn't it? That's sort of an educated guess. I, I don't want to – but, I, you know, he – yeah. <laughs> I don't want to get, I don't want to talk too much about him because I really think he does pick Creighton, but he would be a great addition. I mean, <laughs> yeah. How much can he help this year? I mean, this is what not, I said not much this year, not much this year. I don't think. Yeah. And this is what I said. I mean, I, I've been a big, big proponent of, you know, the transfer market for Indiana is going to be huge. Yep. You know, you win the transfer market and nobody, because, you know, let's face it. You don't want Logan again. You don't want, you don't want to rely on freshmen. Logan should not be playing a lot of minutes next year, if if any, really. Like, no, no, he shouldn't. I mean, that's he had one good game at, at and people will say, well, look at his ranking. He's like, I don't know, sixty something or whatever. It doesn't matter. You got to look at the player. He's not ready. He's not ready to step in next year. And you're learning fast, Aiden. You are, my friend. Well, um, I mean, I'm just saying, like the guy. Well, these are things that it took me a long time to to figure out. But yes, there's there are rackets and and different things with some some of these rankings. But um, yeah, he went up like 60 spots because you know Caleb first just didn't show up. Yeah. Caleb first, and people will say this say this about Caleb first. Caleb first has a proven track record 
Like yeah. he played on the EYBL as a junior and played well uh, with Indiana Heat. So, you know, one game to me, I, I still think, you know, he is the most college ready player in that class. Uh, I agree. And, and I think, by the way, Logan is going to have a lot of opportunity this season. They play a legit schedule over there at Moeller um, with, you know, there will be multiple matchups just looking at that schedule where he'll get that kind of national spotlight in terms of, you know, what he does. They'll probably be on ESPN a little bit. I mean, I think yeah, they got pretty much college. Uh, yeah, they're playing like a Myrtle Beach tournament where, you know, there should be some power schools. He's going to get his chance. But again, I agree with you 100%. The way the transfer market has become with how easy it is to acquire really talented big men, like not only and anyone, not just big men, obviously we're, we're going to probably need to add a big man if you're Indiana, you know, you can get a guy like an Olivier Saar, who I know he picked Kentucky. Maybe he doesn't go to, you know, a Matt Harms. Those guys are really, really good players and much better than anything you'll get from really any freshman. No, definitely. I mean, it's, it's, it's like you look at it almost like free agency in baseball. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and you, you really want to, uh, and maybe you do, maybe you hand the reins off to the young kid, but isn't it nice to have, some, uh, you know, an older, more proven player there that, that at least he has to, to beat out for that spot, mm-hmm. you know, it kind of makes you a little, little easier going into the season as far as, you know, how you feeling on things because you just, it's tough when you got to re- rely on a freshman because it can go either way. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, when you think about just the talent that is in the transfer portal, you know, year in and year out now with what the harms and the Hauser brothers and, you know, Bryce Aiken, Seth Towns, both from Harvard, even five-star guys like Juzang and Carton. Um, it's just a lot of talent. And, and I think they would be well-suited to go try to add someone. I think they probably will. I don't uh, – they've done it before with Bronk, and I hope they could potentially even get someone a little more dynamic than Bronk. So we'll see there. Um, you probably need a couple. And here's yeah, the yeah. – it's going to be college basketball free agency. After this season – Mm-hmm. It's unlike anything we've ever seen before. It's it's really going to be a wild situation. Yeah, and I don't think anybody, you know, you're going to literally be able to build teams on the fly, and and it really gives Kentucky, um, it almost makes it unfair. Yeah, because it opens up their pool so much. I mean, they they've got every player in the country could potentially play at Kentucky next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's the way it is. It is the wild, wild west out there. Complete arms race at this point. Um, you know, Kentucky's already taken advantage with, you know, they got, what, Travis a couple years ago and then. No, I mean, Cal's been super active on that, you know. And it kind of bit Archie in the in the butt here a couple years ago with um, um, all the big kid from, from the West Coast. Uh, oh, gosh. I know who you're talking about, but I don't remember. I'm having a brain, just a complete brain fart here. You'll have to help me out there. Uh, uh, who they brought in? Yes. I should. I mean, I hate to – I hate to – but, you know, I kind of bit him a little bit there. And so, you know, I, I hope that they wouldn't shy away from that, thinking that that's, that's what – you know, that's how that's going to be. But, you know, I just think that's where they're going to need to build this team. If They're going to have a really good team next year. I mean, if you think about – you got Finnessy coming back. I mean – oh. Fit, they brought in Fitzner, right? Yeah, Evan Fitzner. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yep. 
Fitz. Um, who wasn't great. He wasn't, but he should have been better. Yeah. Um, you know, he had a great Marquette game. Yeah. I want to remember. Yeah. But, you know, here the, the, the situation is you have a really good team, you know, already, already set up, you know, with fantasy Durham, potentially, if he would come back. I don't – again, I think he's a, a kid that's – go play pro. He's been – he's went through two coaches now. He's um, – I think he's ready to move on, yeah. you know, personally. But, you know, so then you have Christian Lander. That's your – that's what you wanted. That's everything that you wanted, and that's what you're going to get next year with fantasy Lander. Franklin Galloway, you know, Leo Geronimo should be in the hunt. Hunter, depending on what happens with everything and how it shakes out, race. <coughs> and then whatever you add, right? Um, and you need you need a big there. You need at least one big there. With, yeah, with, maybe yeah. at least one, you know. And, and I think from a team-building standpoint, I think you almost have to look at it like Brunk's gone. Mm-hmm. If we have the room to bring him back, great. But, you know, it, 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 this was a conversation I was having with Mike Schumann the other day. Is do you, you know, do you really want Joey Brunk back at that point? Not if you can you get know? an upgrade in the portal, and you probably can. I mean. So that's where they're at, you know. So, um, but I think it's all about the transfer market to me. I agree. Um, you know, whether or not they get a Mason Miller, he won't play next year significant minutes. He's too skinny right now. Uh, but by the way, I really like Mason's long-term upside and, and good for him. If he goes to Creighton, that Creighton program is one of my favorite. I love that program and he fits in really well there. Well, that's the thing. That's why, I mean, like he's like built to a T for that, for, for Doug McDermott's, you know, system offense. They say, they say, let it fly over there. That's their mantra. And that's exactly what he does. Um, they are six, you know, at six, nine lanky, like, like he's just, he's, it's really hard not to feel like it's great. And I, I agree with you. Yeah. Alan Huss, who is recruiting him heavily is goes way back with his dad, Mike Miller. And that's, I think a really good, uh, talk about this, explain this. Uh, well, I, I've known Alan a while because I used to, uh, you know, my dad used to be at over at Lalamere when Alan was the coach there. He was, the Creighton or the Culver coach for a long time. And, uh, you know, he just, uh, he goes a long way back with Mike Miller. I remember him, you know, putting me in contact with Mike Miller. Unfortunately that didn't last very long, but that was, uh, you know, he's the lead recruiter on Mason Miller over there. Why, Why didn't it last very long? Oh, well, he just did a thing where, because when I was a little kid, he, he did a thing where he was like, uh, hey, you tweet this out and I'll get Mike Miller to follow you and like DM you or whatever. And I was like, oh, it's cool. Because I was in fourth or fifth grade dreaming. Of, <laughs> this dreaming wasn't of, last week. No, this wasn't last week. That would be cool. Uh, but no, I was in fourth or fifth grade, you know, dreaming of being a Lalamere basketball star uh, one day. It didn't really so work you're a, you're a Mike Miller fan. Oh, yeah, I'm a Mike Miller fan. Well, so I took in I took in uh, Christian Lander and Christian Brothers uh, again. Now I just this point these names are completely slipping in my mind. Uh, Caleb, Love. Five, Caleb Love. Caleb Love. Yes, yeah. former IU target. Caleb Love. Um, I, I'm telling you, I know people probably think like this guy have like dementia. I I literally go through. A hundred names a day, you know, with high yeah, school this, kids. This guy's got like top 200 Indiana high school senior list. 
So anyway, Caleb Love. Yeah, I saw so anyway, I took in that game with Mike Miller. Uh, you know, we didn't we didn't talk or anything. We had, I didn't meet him or anything. Yeah. But he just seemed tired. And yeah. this is, you know, when I saw him leave, um, you know, he left the Memphis staff and I know he wants he wants to do some other things and I just thought, man, you know, if you're Mike Miller, do you really want to be in Evansville, Indiana at nine forty five? Now you got to catch a flight back on a Saturday night right before Christmas. Like, you're Mike Miller, dude. Like, yeah. You were hitting, what, clutch threes in the NBA Finals less than a decade ago. So, yeah. But, you know, but that's – that's. so I think he's going to end up becoming an agent. Uh, I think that's kind of the path that he's wants to go down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I uh, actually agree with that. You know, a couple other names just before we wrap up. Aminu Muhammad, who – Man, intriguing player. Uh, really, really talented five-star player who has kept kind of a quiet recruitment. And, you know, by all accounts, I don't have any inside information here, but it does seem like Indiana's, you know, firmly in the mix along with Georgetown and Georgia and maybe Kansas State could get involved there. Uh, not your typical list of suitors for a five-star, but it's not your typical kid. He's kept it very under wraps and he's a pretty quiet kid who's super talented. So do you have anything there? Do you, do you have any expectation there? It does seem like Indiana will probably end up coming close and missing out again. Well, that's, that's kind of where I sit with it uh, to tell you the truth. Yeah. If you're, if you're a six, four, which uh, I mean is about a six, four small forward mm-hmm. who who in the NBA right now is somebody that you think that your game could kind of match up to? I don't know if you – just off the top of your head. Boy, 6'4"? Yeah. Shooting guard, small forward. Like maybe like a Victor Oladipo? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could see that. Although with him, and that's another rabbit hole, but he's – Oladipo's uh having a weird situation but go ahead yeah that's that's a whole nother mess but you know the talent right that's what i'm saying the talent victor oladipo i mean that's so i'm saying what i'm getting at is if you're tom Crean, you know you're saying hey i mean you know i just got done coaching anthony edwards you know i put guys in the league like you know with far less talent than you Mm -hmm. and so you know you're pushing that and, you know, it's just something that right now Archimel really can't say. You know, I mean, he, you know, whatever, for whatever reason, and there were reasons, um, Romeo went the other way, kind of, so to speak, from his ranking to his whatever. You know, these other guys haven't. You know, Oladipo jumped a whole bunch. Edwards was, was a high-ranked recruit anyway, and, and he's, you know, could potentially go number one. He's lucky this is this draft is bad, but it's true. He's going to get the ranks back it's, it up. It's all about luck, though, right? And and in a lot of ways, Archie Miller hasn't been really lucky in his, his time at Indiana. Uh, you know, really, when you want to get down to it, whether it be, uh, you know, fantasy uh, um, gets hurt, has the concussion. I mean, how many times has that happened? And has the point guard in Indiana gotten a concussion yeah. in December ever yeah. in the history of Indiana basketball? And then you want to get – Romeo got hurt and it was kind of, you know, that's kind of unfortunate. I mean, that's, that's not yeah. really, you know, built in like 
think you really ever think that that's going to happen per se. And it really kind of dragged him down. And then, you know, he starts to finally kind of feel like he kind of turns the corner last season and then a world pandemic hits. Like, mm, yeah. Come on, guy. And, and so now, like, we're, we're kind of in a, in a state of flux. I mean, I think things are going to happen and stuff at the college level especially, but there's always that possibility, I think. And, mm-hmm. But just from a luck standpoint, I think a lot of times it's luck. And so, you know, um, you know, it figures into things. Um, yeah. And Archie, you know, what we're seeing recently is an inability to kind of close the deal with these guys. Uh, and, you know, you can – you could put Christian, you could say Christian is in 21, but then you have to also say, well, okay, then the 20, 2020 class isn't, isn't so great. Um, there's a couple guys coming up. I think, uh, you know, Deontay Davis will make his decision. Uh, kid from Warren Central just transferred. What do you think? About Deontay? Louisville. I think it's Louisville. But I think Indiana's right there. I don't, I don't – I'll say this. And I don't want to burn any bridges here. I'd rather have CJ Gunn than Deontay Davis if you're Indiana. Well, uh, I, I think Indiana wants CJ Gunn. Yeah. And I'll tell you this. Here's a little hot. Here's a little hot tip. Okay. Indiana could have CJ Gunn. They could have CJ Gunn by Christmas. Really? I think. Yeah. I, and maybe I'm wrong. Uh, so CJ Gunn, you know, right now, you know, Wake Forest has prioritized him, and Cincinnati has prioritized him. Kansas State has prioritized him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Indiana's Indiana wants him, and from what I from what I understand from my sources, Indiana wants CJ Gunn. Yeah, they just haven't really acted on it. I think maybe that there's there's some degree of uh, they want to see him play first. Sure. Which makes sense. I mean, he he hasn't yet been, you know, the number one option. And, and you know, he oh. had a good summer. He did. He yeah, had a really great summer. summer yeah. But it was a weird summer. They didn't get they didn't get out. So many guys want to see players, you know, live. They want to see them in person. Yeah. Um, you know, and so this is kind of an example maybe where this is kind of, you know, but I know Ohio State's kind of kicked back a little bit. Yeah. But I think, you know, I think Xavier could be there. Um, Louisville could be there. Yeah. With him. Um, you know, those, those right now, those are kind of, you know, that's to kind of update his recruitment. That's kind of where he's at. Mm-hmm. But I think Indiana could have him by, by Christmas. I mean, yeah. that's, if there was a kid that I really thought would be receptive to, to, to a push right now, it would be him. And I think Davis, I think with him making the decision when he's making it, it just feels like there's more to it than basketball. Like it's a little more personal. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, I do. I agree with you. I think Davis ends up at Louisville. That's not um, entirely just a guess, but uh, you know, I, I do think that, yeah, like I said, I, I like gun better personally. And I think gun is more of an Indiana IU basketball kid and I think they if they get him by Christmas great but they need a little momentum for sure um you know the other kid that is in 22 that you know I don't think it's kind of an outside shot they'd get him but you know Isaac McNeely is someone who's really really good and 
Uh, it's hard for hard for him to get out of West Virginia. Yeah, yeah. That's and then if he gets out of West Virginia, does he get past Kentucky? Right. It's like geographic. Yeah, yeah. He's so talented, though. He really is. But now Kentucky has a uh, Tyler Hero to to sell him on after this, you know, bubble situation. Yeah, I mean that's that's definitely a big part of it. You know, they love you, and you saw Kentucky basketball just they were just Bam out of bio and and Tyler Hero. You know, and I mean that's that's what you're selling your guards on, and that's what you're selling those those forward those athletic forwards. Hey, you know, you could be Bam. Yeah. Yeah, and they will always, always have the advantage. And it's just, it's interesting because, yeah, so many other places have that NBA example um, to really sell you on. And Indiana? that's playing into it. You know, that's a reason why Archie's kind of struggled a little bit. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Uh, that's certainly been, you know, for, 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 for more or less, uh, you know, the offense has been an issue, but just have an example. Right. Uh, because, you know, I, people say, oh, well, and I think, I think Coach Hunter uh, will, do, will do a great job. But you got to have currency to work with. You know, I think Coach Roberts will do a great job. you got to have, as Tom Ostrom's found out, you've got to have some currency to work with. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's in the form of wins and, and obviously go, go into the NCAA tournament or whatever. Um, but, you know, outside of Indiana, it's tough. Yeah, it's tough when you put yourself. A lot of people my age, Aiden, what they like to say is they like to say, "Well, it doesn't make sense. We're be- we're a better program than school X or whatever." And I say, "Yeah, to a thirty-nine or forty-year-old or forty-five-year-old person." Sure. Who saw Bobby yes. Knight for twenty? Yes, years. you know, I I when I was born in nineteen eighty, so they won in eighty-one and eighty-seven, and at that point, when I watched that game in eighty-seven by myself in our kitchen on a 13 inch little TV, mm-hmm. they had won the national championship three times in 11 years. Well, I mean, that was like, dude, that was like, they were like Kentucky is now. I mean, that's all they won three times as many national championships. You know what I mean? Like they were like, yeah. everybody wanted to go to IU and uh, it's different. You haven't won in 33 years now. Like, for, so kids growing up who are 16, 15, 16, 17 years old. And you're, not, and you're not sending dudes to the pros consistently who are stars. Who's Indiana? Yeah. And I, I get that from their standpoint. And I don't think a lot of fans want to take the time. You know, I mean, it still means something. You know, it's kind of like when I was growing up, UCLA basketball was supposedly really good. And then they won the title in 95 and then it was okay again. But the people, when I was, I remember being seven, eight years old, they're talking about Wooden and Wooden and Wooden and how great UCLA was. And I always knew UCLA as being a terrible, you know, they were, they were losing. So not to ramble on, but. No, but it it is, it's an interesting um, storyline as to why they can't really close on some of these guys and hey I to me I don't panic I think Archie show us you can use the transfer portal and you'll be just fine in, in my that and, and just you know if you can there's enough good talent in the state yeah and I know it's not maybe your your preferred preference or what you think Indiana should be able to go get 
Mm -hmm. But sometimes reality is perception is reality or whatever. Uh, reality is reality or whatever yeah. it is. I mean, if you can't get them, which if you think back to who Indiana has been able to recruit, right? I mean, Logan Duncombe's like, what, the third player in the Archie Miller era uh, outside of the state of Indiana? Yeah. Right, third or fourth? Not. It's not been many. It's not been many. And, you know, one trans, two transferred. Yeah. Uh, Jerome Hunter and then Logan Duncombe and, and Ray. So it was fifth maybe. Um, Midwest too, by the way. I mean, both Hunter and Duncombe from Ohio. So. And Hunter and Duncombe are, are within, you know, 100 miles of Bloomington. So yeah. – it's not like – so you have a currency there, you know. And I think one of the, the areas that Indiana can, can kind of extrapolate that, that market, um, get an advantage in the market is, is just by, you know, starting relationships early with a lot of the young guys and then focusing in as, as juniors. Mm -hmm. Just kind of kind – of, I don't know. I, I get it. I get it's hard to, to not take a swing at, at a Bruce Thornton or some of these other guys. Yeah. Yeah. But to me, you know, Leland Walker is going to be really, really, really good. Yeah. And, you know, is there a way that you can work Leland Walker in? Um, even though he may not be your, your preferred preference, maybe, you, but just to be able to get some, some, He's somebody, <laughs> you got to get some recruiting equity, yeah. you know, you got to get some little capital here and say, Hey, this is where, this is yeah. what we've made. This is what we've worked with. Imagine what we could do with somebody of your talent. Yeah, and the East Coast is somewhere where they're now kind of turning to. You've seen a lot of offers out yeah, there. Yeah, that's going to be a really interesting storyline. I mean, that's Coach Kenya Hunter, and yeah. you know, so and Mike Roberts because Mike Roberts comes from from UNC Wilmington, where he spent what was that six or nine years? Yeah, six years. I mean, they're they're gonna they're gonna make an an imprint in the East Coast, I think, and and I think. We'll start to see that in, in 22, uh, really, and this kid, Avery Brown, who I think they really like, is – I really like him. Um, I think he would be a great addition if they can find a way to bring him in in 22. Yeah, but, I mean, you know, it, it's, again, it's a, it's a gamble. Sure, sure is. Um, and, by the way, he'll have opportunities to take swings in state in the next few years. You'll see a Jalen Washington, and you'll see – a. Gibbs Lawhorn and, and Hooks, who are all, you know, by all accounts, pretty high-level talents. So, we'll see. I, I think, you know, as far as 2022 goes, just by the way he's kind of, like, laid it out at this point, it, it really only feels like, you know, uh, Jalen Washington and C.J. Gunn and, and Deontay Davis, um, you yeah. know, are going to end up with the three offers. Yeah. And we'll see if they can land, you know, Washington. That's – I haven't heard a ton on that recruitment. Um, well, he's again, he's so smart, you know, yeah. he's such a uh, so it opens up the door for from everything from Stanford to the, the Ivy League, you know, yeah. he would yeah. listen to, and yeah. And we'll we need to see him play too, is the other thing after the, the injury. And him and CJ Gunn, you know, CJ Gunn's really only played a half season of, of varsity basketball as well, so yeah, yeah definitely. Uh, both of them have to play, and and goes on down. I mean, I've been talking to Dre Gibbs Lawhorn, that that's a scary foot injury, you know. So we'll see what happens. Do you think he misses the whole season? No, he uh he he expects to be back by January. Okay. So he said that on the pod yesterday. I had him on. Um 
Yeah, I, I think uh, it's an interesting situation. It's going to be an interesting season to watch. Let's hope that it gets played, as we've said. Um, Nick, where can, you know, just plug Bomb Hoops one more time for everyone. Yeah, bombhoops.com, B-A-U-M, hoops.com. Um, yeah, we cover cover a lot, a lot of recruiting, uh, just kind of, you know, whatever in, in basketball in the state of Indiana. Yeah, really just, I will say, and, you know, I, I haven't seen quite as good coverage of, of Indiana high school basketball. And it is, it is cool to see kind of, you know, I wish I would have had some more coverage when I played because it's cool to see your name and see your, uh, you know, these, these kids, when you're playing Indiana high school basketball, it's really cool to see kind of coverage and, you know, you go back and watch the games that are filmed and streamed and all things like that. And we'll see how that impacts this season. Nick, thanks so much for your time. Um, I know it was a long one, but I think uh, we, we, touched every corner of Indiana basketball for, for the upcoming season. Yeah, I think we did. Thank you. I appreciate you having me on, you know, anytime love to love. To, hey, am I the, the first two time guest? I think this is my second time on. I think you're three times now, aren't you? Cause you were on the I, first. Am I all right? I'm, I'm, I'm keeping track over here. So I just want to. You're, you're the first three time. Cause I had Gibbs Lawhorn on yesterday. He was, he was two times. That okay. That's, that's good company. Okay. Yeah. It's good. You're, you're with a top 10 recruit. So uh, yeah. Yeah, you're you're up there. You're uh you know what my friend, appreciate you. All right, thanks so much. You got it, my man.